0: See, I told you he was going to show up with one. Fuck, I don't even own a tank top. Like, what am I? I, I just I'll just roll this shit up, I guess. Um, <laughs>
1: oh, we'll, you no, got to no, no. get a feature, You got to
0: get a wait, You got to oh, us doing
1: the I, I the, don't I know how I
0: could get it well, while I'm recording <laughs> it. So I'll take a I'm already recording. So I'll take a screenshot.
1: Um, and on, yes,
0: man. anyway, Liam. So. Yeah. Uh, oh, is this the Jedi Council?
2: I, wow.
1: Right there. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Oh, I don't oh, even, hey, I don't
2: a even own a tank top. What? So there's yeah, that's we'll my a top. Top.
0: and then this this is one I'm not going to show because I'm embarrassed as shit of this one. So <laughs> this is the uh, this is the Jedi Code in in Chinese. Oh, wow! Wow! I got this one back when you know white boys were getting uh, all sorts of Chinese shit on their. Sure. I am absolutely, dude. Uh, this
2: is a 1999 tribal tattoo. Like what? <laughs> want... Yeah, <yes. laughs> you just got to. Own... Oh, well, no. <laughs> this, is like, what it is. this is my
0: 1998 Celtic band right here. So, you yeah. know.
2: <laughs> my friend, who I, when I got this, my friend got a big Chinese thing on his back that was like for water. I was like, yeah. okay, <laughs> dude. Oh, <Yeah.
1: laughs> uh, dude, when I was in the army, this is like back in 04, uh, 05. There was a younger guy. He had a Chinese uh, thing down his uh, tricep. And so he was from like uh, Ohio. And so he was told it said uh, downtrodden times, you know. But we were in Korea. So one of the Korean soldiers there, they, they're also like, most, a lot of them are like fluent in uh, Chinese characters also because part of the language, part of the culture. Sure. And, but this one, he was also very very fluent in English too because you know, they're all, they're all taught, which to the ones one to work with. Anyway, so he, he reads his arm and he says, in, like, in perfect English, dude, that says uh, poor economic growth. <laughs> <laughs> it was so Down <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: downtrodden times they get tough times you know, make tough know, people. that's
0: actually a better tattoo to be honest with you poor economic <laughs> growth is a that's a very topical tattoo that's never <laughs> that's never gonna be out of style <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to this week's action for everyone for this here, July 3rd, 2022. Happy America, I guess, this weekend, Uh, you know, it's a dumpster fire and it's all going to shit. But hey, we watched some good fucking movies this week, so we're going to we're going to enjoy that. So I am joined, as always, by my boy, Vice Victus. Vice, how are you today?
1: Happy birthday, death day, funeral to America. Yeah. Enjoying this, this, this jubilant wake. <laughs> And
0: as always, Liam O'Donnell as well.
2: How are hey you? guys, uh, I'm exhausted. Children kept me up all night, um, but yeah, and like you said, it's a it's an Irish wake. I'll start drinking by noon.
1: <laughs> Hell yeah.
0: And it is important since this is an audio podcast, it's important for people to know that uh, I missed the memo. We were all supposed to be wearing tank tops today because both Vice and Liam are wearing tank tops. And I am not, unfortunately. But uh, but, uh, you know, such is life.
2: I have decided not to wear sleeves for the month of July, at least. I'm, I'm going to make it all the way out of July. Uh, it's 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 uh, hashtag sleeveless season. And I think we need to normalize men not wearing sleeves. That's that's my my pet project for the month
1: of July. That's a good plan. I'll I'll vote for you on that one. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, it's. Uh, I I just saw. I, I was talking to Vice before we started recording about that tweet that that guy that said no grown man should be wearing shorts unless they're doing sports or something like that, and I was like. Um, that dude must be like 19 because I am old and the planet is cooking and my balls are dangling so far that I need I need shorts. I need the air under here. I'm not so much on the no sleeves, but I am absolutely on the uh, the, the no pants for uh, the month of July. One hundred percent.
2: Also, yeah, they, they did that tweet everywhere. It comes around every year and it's just it's clown shit. Wear your <laughs> shorts. Show us your legs.
1: Yeah, I was going to say. So I have, a, have a, um yet yeah, another another bit like crisis about my body image. So, <laughs> well, like, uh, I guess the festival thing, at least, at least my wife says, maybe she just says this to trick me, is to wear, like, shorter shorts. So I guess, like, you know, just to show off your ham, show, show off your quads, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm trying that. I'm, I'm going to the beach with, with my cheeks out. Yeah, man. I think I, I dig it. I feel better. I've been, I've been
2: slowly <laughs> raising the inseam up as the years go by. <laughs> what am I doing all these squats for? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm for I'm for a tasteful amount of leg. That was uh, that was. But, my- but, One thing, than the sleeveless thing, if once you do it out in public, it is very funny. You just like, you're in a different mode. And like I said, I did it at Costco yesterday, but you you just don't think about how women can just be like, wear tank tops and sleeveless stuff everywhere. No one thinks about it whatsoever. And if you're a guy, it's like, oh, look at this guy. What do you think (laughs) you're doing? And it's like, you know, everybody should just be allowed to, you know, get out there and enjoy the summer. That's all I'm trying to say. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I uh that was my argument with the shorts thing too is like look the one part of me that doesn't look like a fucking chud is my frankly very sexy and shapely calves and thighs so yeah throwing mm. showing that shit off that shit is running free man like like no matter how much my weight is fluctuated my calves I got I got like NFL running back calves man oh yeah
1: show them off Mike I love it yeah put, put on Instagram man you gotta you know only fans <laughs> only calves let let him know baby come on (laughs) he's got the mandalorian tattooed on the left (laughs) i do not although i actually thought
0: about getting a man i haven't thought about getting a tattoo for a while but i absolutely thought about getting a mando
1: tattoo but uh there you go
2: mando on the left child on the right look at these calves
1: nice and tight yep (laughs) <laughs> oh that's the that's the episode title right there that's,
0: baby. Oh. that's the writer of the show right there ladies and gentlemen that writer right there <laughs> just busting out that that rhyme <laughs> <sighs> oh. oh, level rhyme right there. Hey, okay wait this is a
2: you said that uh you know we we had a nice compliment tweet from uh the lady of action twitter dahlia and she like loves our voices and Mike said that I have Mike Mark Wahlberg light voice.
0: I was Th- just busting your balls that you're from- okay.
2: I was gonna say, does anyone actually think I sound like I don't sound like I'm out of breath? Do I? <laughs> I'm not like <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not just like uh, I'm not uh, 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 like I'm not doing that thing, right? No, no, because
1: no, I'll use all you guys, like uh, all those, like the north, the northeastern, uh, I can't, it's hard to say, not what's the opposite of a twang? It's like a there's like a A weird like vibration to it that you know where you're from. From that, you definitely got that shit. Okay, (laughs) I mean you're very. I feel like I have a relaxed cadence though. It's a very.
0: It it is. It is. But you're very clearly from Boston, and so I was was just trying to bust your balls. (laughs) That was. When I when I think of Wahlberg though, I just think of that like, hey, and then we're gonna get we're gonna get the money, and we're gonna get
2: there, and we're gonna go there, and it's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. We're gonna make money. Ah, ah,
1: ah." And I'm just like, that's not me. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> well, I'll tell you, uh, Dahlia, first of all, thank you. But secondly, I, I will, again, feeling self-conscious because, you know, sometimes I have the uh, old school New York thing going and sometimes I sound like a, a ghetto Steve Urkel. So I'm very, I'm very conscious about this kind of sound. So it's a little weird. But, thank you, you know, we
2: do have three. It is it is three very like well uh, distinct voices. And Mike, you said you have a nasally tone. And I think you sound more like a Mad Men character to me. You're like you're like yeah. somewhere in between Duck and, and Roger and Don because there's such a nice seasoning of nicotine and whiskey uh,
1: on those vocal cords. <laughs> yeah, you're you're like you like how... just sound like an old-fashioned radio man. Exactly, yeah, like the newsy kind of, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's perfect. Again, once again, perfect radio voice and perfect radio caps. <laughs> oh, my God, this is a shit show already right today. <laughs> This is a great <laughs> show, you top tier content. We to shit up. Ain't get any better than
0: this. People are gonna be out having barbecues tomorrow, listening to us, uh <laughs> star shit, and it'll be it'll be delightful. Um, all right. Well, let's actually we're we're only gonna talk about two movies today. Um, one that all three of us wow. have seen, one that two of us have seen. Uh, so wow. let's uh, let's start off with the one that all three of us have seen. Uh we all watched uh and again, uh, Wynn, if you're listening and I mispronounce his name, don't hesitate to correct me. Uh, Levan Kietz, the princess. Um, I'll say, I mean, my thoughts are pretty well known, but, uh, but Vice, you actually just watched this this morning. So let's start with you. What did you think?
1: Yeah, just now. Um, it, oh, man. You know what? So last night, I did did see last night because I was watching the UFC fight. Um, a little underwhelming. And so to see this thing this morning, that shit brightened my fucking day. It's just, uh, I was just, I had heard all the hype from our, our fellow action photo followers. Um, so I, but I was still a little cautious, but no, this is legit. This is a legit martial arts film with, uh, it, it, it's just a strange, um, well, I haven't done a post yet about it. But if I had to do my little image board thing, it's, it's kind of like, oh, someone mentioned it's like a, it's like a, a video game boss rush um with like the inverted princess instead of the the, the princess at the top of the tower she's coming down the tower and has to fight her way out like with, by by challenging and defeating these uh everly increasing giant barbarian goons it just it, is, it sounds so kind of it's almost like one of those things like it's so obviously brilliant why haven't anybody, has anybody done this before you know like it's just a great little concept a small like a contained concept but it works so well and of course again that's part we know we do the director's um you know previous works uh, fury uh for in particular so but so which is to say yeah, again it's a full-on act martial arts action film uh starring joey king as the titular princess and yeah man and for her i gotta say i just, she is a ah this is an action preference she's an expert certified action-packed white girl wow because she was very impressive I, I oh well i mean actually she's, i don't see i know she's like a teen slash kid young adult star or whatever but i I don't know what else she's been in has she she done any like action before because she was really impressive here i i I, I, i've I've never seen anything doing like that um yeah but
0: she's really hasn't done much action uh this is this is really kind of a an action coming out party for her uh yeah and uh yeah and and like i said i'll i'll circle back to me but yeah she did the fucking work i mean yeah Talk a lot about how you got to do the work, and she did the fucking work.
1: Yeah, and yeah, you know, to have her kind of showing out with other, you know, two other well-known you know, action stars. You know, here of course is uh, Veronica Ngo Go um, from Fury, of course. Uh, here we have a, a key role, and our, our girl Olga, Olga Kerenko, we be doing like doing the badass villain thing with the with the sexy dangerous whip. <laughs> it's so uh, great, but, you know. So, but so yeah, she has these. This, t- this really high tier action director, these two well known female action star, international female action stars. And she shows the fuck up. Like she 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 puts it in and like, you know, it carries carries this movie. But you know, at the same time, everyone's doing great work. You know, Dominic uh, uh, Coop, Dominic Hoop? No, yeah. As a main villain, um, you know, hamming it up, you know, it's just like he should, you know, and um yeah, so overall, um it's a kind of interesting mix of like this uh the uh uh fairy tale aesthetic with this really hard um violent martial arts and that's another key point is that um things get pretty brutal like this they, they, they go in for the kill but you know literally and figuratively like it's not just like a oh she's a little girl she's gonna slap on these big dudes no she's going for the jugular whenever she can and um that's just one of the things yeah and then that's really impressive thing about the martial arts in this case is that um you know, she's Joey King. I think she's like five something, five four. She's she's she, in in her life and on the film. She's an obviously smaller, uh, smaller young woman compared to all her enemies. And so, one of the things I like, I don't like saying you know, oh, the, if you're a woman and you're smaller, you can't fight. It's not realistic, quote unquote, in a movie. It's a fucking movie. But what they do is um the way they kind of work through that is that um one, she's very agile and very graceful, but also she has you know she has like plenty of power and movements. But uh, a good thing that any any martial arts film will do is they'll use the hero uses the environment, uses their weapons to their full effect, uses the situations around them. It's just really well thought out action scenes, and uh, and they and she makes use of the, all, all those uh, all those situations really well. maybe like I said, like you know, it's still there's still like it's still swords well, swords and shields and stuff. It's still like you know, blades going through dents th- 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 and and weak points, and you know, it's it's still very bloody. And that, like, I think it also really elevates everything. That makes you kind of buy into the, not just the action, but also the, the, the drama, and the suspense of it. Because, you know, she's she's getting fucked up. Like, it's is it's, um, another comparison. It is it's pretty much like a reverse diehard. She is, you know, a little Princess John McClane, trying to, you know, getting more and more worn down and beat down as the movie goes on. But she's, she's powering through, she's soldiering through because, you know, she has that heart. Yeah, so all all these, all these little details come out and they all amplify each other like a really really satisfying fun little martial arts like um yeah you it's you can see as far as like it's, it's it's just on hulu so you can kind of see the budget you know it's not quite it's not a big grandiose uh you know it's not star wars it's not a it's, it's, it's not uh the last duel nothing nothing that that grand in scope or 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 refinement of course but no it it does what it what it's aiming to do really well really effectively so overall yeah, I had a great time and uh, yeah definitely recommend this one
0: William, your thoughts? Yeah, no, I, I, I'm definitely curious
2: about like how this was made and and what its budget was because to me, you know, it really it's a great example of of what I think streaming should be doing. Um, it feels like they had the days. It feels like like you guys are saying she did the the work that well. That's prep and that's money in prep and that's the stuff you don't get to do on an indie budget. You know, and so some of that's like, some of that sometimes isn't fair when you say, "Oh, it's like, well, like sometimes these actors, like on on indie movies, like like mine for example, or, or or others, it's like they're just getting the job like a month out, you know, and it's all kind of getting pulled together. This feels like, you know, she had at least a couple months of of, of work, and 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 the fights, I think, uh, they're really really well shot. I actually like the way most of the movie is shot. I, I, I could tell almost right from the beginning um, when the camera kind of drifts over the bed and 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 brings uh, the the first two uh, victims into her uh, room, and just the, the the way that it was setting up the space. I was like, oh, it immediately put me at ease and felt like I was in good hands. Um, and again, one of my, my questions about the budget and everything is I thought that the sets were fantastic and I thought they were, the production design was really good. And um, I, I the, however they were stretching that budget, because I mean, little things like these interstitial sets that are like the when you're moving in between the walls from rooms to rooms, those are like tricky and they're, they're expensive and it's the stuff that people try to make you cut. Um, so yeah, I, I actually felt like, it looked really, really good. It, there's a couple of of, uh, of only okay CG shots, but I felt like almost everything in camera looked great. Um, and so, yeah, I, I I also just from like uh, I love these type of scripts that just sort of like you you wake up and and that's it, and you go go go. I do think it was smart to be a streaming movie. I do think it would have had weirdly, you know, it, it it's it's kind of such a weird in between. Like we're saying, it's like you're appealing to um, these these uh, fairy tale tropes, but you're mixing it with this hardcore action. And so I think, I think it ended up being in the right spot. You know, it's not one of those, like I saw a couple of people being like, Oh, I think this would have made a lot of money at the box office. I think it would have struggled. Um, Even, even movies that um, are kind of more naturally within the like dude tropes, like uh, dread struggled at the box office. And you could compare these two. So, I think it's uh, it's probably going to find its, its biggest audience here because obviously jo- Joey King has a huge following uh, because of her Kissing Booth movies. Uh, but yeah, it was just really, you know, I, like I'm saying, there's just so many fights. There's actually very little dialogue in the movie yeah. and it is just wall to wall, you know, it, it inventive bloodshed. And it's kind of one of the things going back to last week when i was a little disappointed with some of the uh the fighting uh repetitiveness in in the obi-wan show and it's like well this thing's wall to wall fights and i never felt like it got too repetitive and right when it would go up to the edge of getting repetitive you know a statue would fall on a guy and you're like oh great i don't have to see the same fight again <laughs> so I, I i felt like it was very aware of of um of what it was doing and and what the audience needed um, I'm trying to think of it. There was just, there's some, some, some stuff with the structure and the setup that felt like I wanted some of the information that came later a little sooner so I could get those things, but there's, it all kind of gets answered. And it, again, it's it's 94 minutes long, which is, uh, you know, it just feels like it's, it's very well calibrated movie, um, you know, produced by original film, Neil Moritz. The guy just knows what he's doing. And uh, and 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 my boy uh, Derek Holstad is a producer as well. Uh, and I think this is the writer's first uh, produced script. So congrats on that as well. A really cool movie.
0: Yeah, I um... <clears throat> I mean, I kind of flipped shit for this one. If you followed me on Twitter the other night uh, and I will shout out our boy, Larry, Larry Sternshine, uh Woo Ember. He's the only one that uh, noticed. I, I think everybody must've thought I was an idiot because when I did my image board, I had the raid picture upside down and he's <laughs> the only one who figured out why he's the only one that like pointed out like, Oh, I see. Cause it's the reverse raid. She's fighting right. her way down to the bottom of the building. Um, and it's got raid level action i mean that was really the movie that i i thought of obviously the raids a much more serious tone but in terms of just opening you up starting you right off and and this relentless pace uh as she goes through this this building uh really that's what it really reminded me of um couple things I do want to shout out. Yes, obviously my girl Olga with a whip. Thank you, Liam. Yes, she can kill me at any time. As I responded to you, she can stand on my damn throat for all I care. Like, yeah.
2: As soon as I saw her with the whip, I was like, oh,
0: no wonder Mike is fucking going crazy for this movie. It's like, <laughs> it's catnip for him. Um, I was a little disappointed. One criticism I do have, because I do agree, Liam, with your criticisms a little bit of the structure. I think it's a little, I mean, I didn't care because I had so much fun, but there's certainly some, this is one of those movies where if I'm trying to be objective, I still think it's a really, really terrific movie, I'm, but I'm probably like letterboxing it at like three, three and a half stars, but I absolutely had five stars of enjoyment watching it. So that's my letterbox review is five stars because I got five stars of fun out of watching this movie. Um, but some of the structure, I was really disappointed we didn't actually get to see the uh Olga Kurolenko and, and Veronica No fight. Uh, I thought that was a bit of a disappointment. Although I was, I spent the entire movie terrified they were gonna kill off Veronica No. Spoiler, but you'll you'll be happy watching the movie knowing that they're not gonna kill her off. Uh, because she's she's terrific. I mean. Levan kit just hooks her the fuck up which of course he did in fury too i mean he he clearly loves her loves working with her and and absolutely hooks her as opposed to like say her role in the old guard where yeah yeah, i know they're setting her up to be the big bad villain in the sequel but like it's a big bunch of nothing in that movie here she gets hooked up uh
1: yeah oh quick quick word on her just like uh again you know we talked about fury several times and listening if you haven't seen it please do so and like i think that ronica is like she's the closest thing i've seen yet to um, michelle yo that combination of like grace and like and and well fury to no pun intended like she has that 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 aura that you can't it's really one of once in a lifetime almost where she moves she you know she looks and moves so gracefully but like there's like a, she's also throwing down in every fight she's in she also has a, a but also a, a little more than Miss show you know, might maybe I think she has that um th- that ability to get down and dirty as the fights go on you know? uh, and yeah it really shows off here and that's uh, such a cool thing to see the the Styles contrast between her and Olga and Joey King's characters like you know because Joey's she's a younger more um brash kind of fighter but you, you like it's almost like they do the storytelling you could do the visual storytelling you can tell she's obviously a people of this of this warrior yet she has her own like kind of uh, uh, a fire inside her that, that gives her extra brutality and her movements. So, yeah, this is, and well, and this speaks to the, something we mentioned the, the efficiency of storytelling here is just really, I think, r- really impressive. Um, yeah, I know you guys mentioned like the, the structure and the, because most of the story was revealed through flashbacks, but it's more, I think they do it well here because they. As she's fighting, and she has like a brief respite to like to literally rest before she moves on. As she's resting, she's that's when the uh, memories kick in, you know, or she be she'll be in a room, either a room or an object, or trigger a memory, and that fills in the gaps of what's happening. And I thought that was really, I thought that was a really effective way to to get the story tight and and moving without having to like sit there and, and talk and explain, you know, or have her actually have say, "Oh, this is what my father, you know, was going to sell me off, or whatever, what well, you know, whatever, whatever it is, like a." I thought that was just a really interesting way to do all that. Um, yeah. And, and um, oh, another key point that I wanted to bring up. Uh, we talk again, once again, I always bring up the uh, video game movie connection of recent years. And um, I wish I could, I'll, I'll find the tweet later when, when I put my review uh, on, online. But um, someone mentioned this is very much like a, a Dark Souls kind of structure in that you have this uh, smaller character who encounters in these in these levels literally like the literal levels of the of the tower as she goes down these gigantic barbarian bosses really like really, is like um fantastical uh uh sword and sorcery armor and swords and and weird costumes so like it, so it's, it's a boss rush you know, like as she's going each level she has to face some gigantic goon and you know she gets either uh, well she doesn't like power up per se but like at certain points she does get receive items or receive like uh, a ways through did, yeah, and even, even, like you said, even the uh, trap doors slash hidden passageways, like it's all this kind of uh, classic video game structure. Um, and, I, and so I, I'm very curious to see how intentional that was. Well, um, you know, like, well, because like we mentioned before, like uh, the old Nintendo game, like the, the Kung Fu game on the NES, you know, that's just um, the game of death in a video game form. So you know that, that, that this connection has always been with us, but just to see this kind of just to see it in 2022 expressed this way, um, it's just, it was really fascinating. It was really fun to fun to like absorb all these like little um, influences, connections, in, in, in all all these things together in this new, newer movie. I thought that was really fun to see.
0: Well, and it's it's a lot like we talked about when we talked about one shot that. <clears throat> You know, the way for video game language to be successful in movies isn't to adapt video games. It's not to make fucking Uncharted. Uh, (laughs) It's to use that language to because both this and one shot, I think, are terrific video game movies, even though they're not based on video games. But they, they give you the same feel as playing a game when you're watching it. And so I I think that's the secret. The secret isn't to just adapt a video game. It's to take that language, even Maverick Maverick, right? How much did we talk about how they're the combat movie, right? Like, but if they had actually made an ace combat movie, it probably would have been fucking garbage, (laughs) but taking that language and adapting it to Maverick is really, really effective. If you know what you're doing and this one absolutely, I think knows what it's doing as far as, the way it stages it. it's like you said Liam it's like just as you're starting to get bored it throws something different at you right so you're not you don't you never feel like you're grind to use a gamer term you never feel like you're grinding as you're watching this movie because it's throwing something different at you or subverting a fight in some way or doing something a little different or cutting to the random dude who keeps running up and down the tower. Cause he keeps missing the princess, which is a terrible, terrible joke, but I also loved it. Cause it's so, I, I said this on Twitter, this is the best, Hong Kong style American movie we've had in decades. Yeah, and that stupid kind of humor is so Hong Kong style that I was just. I was <laughs> there's like, always a fatty who falls
2: down in the yeah. Hong Kong movie. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, Ken Chang made an entire career out of being that guy, right? Like, so, you know, like, yeah. So it it just there's so much of it that works. And and I want to shout out a couple of things. You know, Liam, you mentioned the producers and and the writers, but <clears throat> second unit overall stunt coordinator on this is uh, a name that should be familiar to action for everyone fans but if it's not clayton fucking barber who is literally a god amongst action coordinators and stunt coordinators uh he's worked with eric jacobus for years uh he's the one that saved iron fist season two uh because he came in and completely reworked the stunts and actually made finn jones uh you know look like he could fight and also figured out hey jessica henwick's a lot better than finn jones let's give jessica henwick a lot more fights um so you know clayton barber is is an absolute genius uh Kefia brick who did the choreography the actual fight choreography for fury does the fight choreography on this but also they filmed it in Sofia. They filmed it at the, i am got to imagine, they probably filmed it at that giant. Um, so
2: the, oh, that would be at the New Image uh, Millennium, Millennium Stages,
0: Image, yeah. Millennium, yeah, uh, stage and studios. And so also that means they got to use Alpha Stunt Bulgaria, who going back all the way to the Adkins Undisputed days, I, I sang the praises of them for years. Pretty much almost any good Scott Adkins movie has them as the backing stunt team. These are guys that know what they're doing. I mean, if you really want to make a movie like this, make it in Sofia. Make it, make it in Bulgaria if you can, because it's the talent level in that city for this type of movie is through the roof. Which I imagine now, the problem is it's probably getting pretty expensive. You can't make it there on the cheap anymore because they are so well renowned. But um,
2: it's it's still it's still pretty. It's just, um, yeah, no, I, it it it's definitely uh, one of those places where you go, it it is busy and and they obviously have their own movies. So, you know, there's, there's that. I mean, one of the things right now is that it's incredibly busy um, because I feel like it's right. It's going to like within the next year will be the slowdown. but right now everyone's trying to like get in. Um, So on the project I'm trying to Mount right now, it's just like every, uh people that we talk to for places to shoot and department heads are just busy 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 at the moment but yeah i've definitely have been wanting to uh visit that sophia backlot for a long time and and it's actually i I rewound the shot where she looks down at the courtyard and it's obviously like it's digital digital but then i'm like oh they have that whole courtyard like they you know that that's a whole backlot and so then i was kind of and they make uh really good use of that in uh, in the finale, um, look. I know we don't ever want to like really call out uh, other critics on here, but I'm not a critic, so I'm gonna do it. Uh, I just did a little Google of that, that, that this, the IndieWire review, and I just want to just read to you guys a paragraph and then tell you what this the writer has no fucking idea what they're talking about. So this is uh, from our boy David uh, Ehrlich's uh, review. Which is the princess? It's Rapunzel meets the raid in Hulu's exasperatingly cheap Joey King vehicle.
0: Okay,
2: the fight scenes, clanging, hectic, and choreographed with just enough artistry and tension to make you feel like feel Kiet's frustration at not being able to do more with them, are far too slow and repetitive for the princess to get away with having so little else to offer. I'm I'm getting nervous. I'm getting like my my blood pressure is starting to pound, but they're so bruising and kinetic enough to evidence John Wick mastermind Derek Holstag's involvement with the project. Okay, so they're not slow. I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. Is he just used to everything being cut so fast that he can't actually comprehend when you can see the people moving through the space and doing the work? Second, Derek is not fucking like getting in there and choreographing the fights. You fucking moron it has nothing to do with that. Like he, I guarantee his producing credit is probably that he did did a pass on the script or helped the writers with the script, did something like that, and it in it it's their first credit to preserve that they gave him a producing credit. It's not like he's going in there and being like, you know, just people just he. This writer who's supposed to be like an insider on the process is falling for the marketing of having him be a producer on it and thinking that that suddenly means that like the nuts and bolts of the fight scene are being done by a writer producer. Anyway, um, and when and when they fall flat, it's not for lack of trying. Joey King isn't quite up to snuff with Keanu Reeves and the brief scenes where the rookie is asked to fight side by side uh, with uh, Veronica Nego are borderline cruel. But she gives it her all. Every swing feels telegraphed well in advance, but you wouldn't want to be the receiving end of them. I think she held her own great in the scenes with Veronica. I thought that they they had a nice contrast. And yeah, guess who? Most people aren't up to snuff with Keanu Reeves. The guy's been doing on-screen action for longer than everyone's been alive. Um, but I, I just didn't think it was even a comparable thing to, to bring up. It's more about like what uh, actress... Especially as as uh, as Vice is so well pointed out, an action packed white girl in her like early twenties is doing this level of martial arts in a film. I I can't remember the last time I've seen it. Yeah. So I don't know. I just feel like. Some of these fucking guys should shut the fuck up when they're talking about action because they have no fucking idea what they're talking about. I don't think Kid's frustrated with the fights in this movie at all. I think he's having a fucking blast. And he's obviously been given the time and the budget to stage them correctly. So, no, this review sucks. And it, it, it's not a cheapo movie. It's being done at the right price for the marketplace. Fuck you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> applause. Some guys should just stick to a, a reviewing Paddington movies, I guess, because uh, some of this shit ain't for them. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean,
0: look, there's a reason I don't review comedies, right? Look, I am I am pretty much well on record as not being a comedy guy. I Most comedies tend to, to miss me, um, especially if they involve things like fat people falling down or whatever. Um, so, like, I don't review them because I don't really actually know what I'm talking about. And I understand as a professional critic, you have to review whatever comes your way. But like, if I had to review a comedy, I would probably at least try and understand the mechanics of comedy to be able to articulate why I do, or don't think something works. Um, Every review of an action movie that I've ever seen from Ehrlich, I, I, and I don't want to just single out Ehrlich, but a lot of these, especially New York, LA critics, uh, shows just such a staggering lack of both low budget action filmmaking, uh, because you know he's gonna you know blow a load for some two hundred fifty thousand dollars Sundance movie at some point this year, right? Um, so the logistics of low budget action filmmaking, and yeah, what makes them good? Because yeah, to call the fights in this slow, or that Joey King is uh, struggling. Because, yeah, you know what? Guess guess what? Uh, nobody's at Bruce Lee's fucking level either, right? That's not really the bar by which we measure stuff. Like, Keanu Reeves has been doing this shit for 35 goddamn years. Of course, he's going to be better than Joey King. Um, but you, you, it just, it just... It, it almost seems cruel. The review, there's there's a nastiness to that review that almost seems cruel. And I don't know, maybe David actually listens to Action for everyone, I doubt it. I know some critics do actually listen to us, but uh, I'm always surprised. Some people listen to us and I'm like, whoa, I had no idea that person listens to us. But uh, there's a cruelness to this review and some of the other ones that I've seen. Uh, whereas again, I hate to be the guy who's like, it's for the fans or whatever. But if you go on Twitter, you know, the responses have been pretty fucking positive for this movie Uh, because it is a martial arts action movie. It is a direct to video action movie. I mean, this is exactly the type of movie that is why we started this fucking podcast in the first place. Right. So we can sing the praises of something like this and try and get people to watch it and to check it out. I mean, this This movie to me almost feels like it justifies the existence other than my own, you know, weekly therapy that I get with you boys. This movie is one to me that feels like it justifies the existence of this podcast because. Yeah. But
2: it also like has a bigger budget than every other movie that we like love in this genre of the past, like maybe 20 years. So that's why when he's calling it a cheapo and I'm like, Oh, it's just so frustrating. It's like, they see one fucking you know, uh, gauzy sky replacement. And they're like, ah, this fucking piece of shit. It's like, look at this goddamn set. Look at this castle set that they made. Look at all of these intricate rooms and the beautiful colors that they used. I don't know. It just fucking bothers me so much. They just, people don't understand the actual practicalities of this stuff. And they just see like a guy disappearing into a green screen, you know, getting kicked into the water. And that that means that it's cheap. <laughs> now, look, it's, uh, I don't know.
0: The custom armor and swords alone, like the custom-made, you know, golden armor and stuff, and the swords alone
1: are more- so many swords. This movie,
0: so many <laughs> fucking swords. So many swords, and, and and almost every character has like their own very like John Woo used to always give his characters specific guns, right? Every John Woo character has their own gun. Almost every character in this movie has their own sword. That means they had to custom make, you know. And if you watch, if you watch any behind the scenes like if you get if anybody listening watches adam savage is tested where he goes behind and does a lot of talk about prop making and how expensive it actually is and how you know you can't make just one sword you have to make like 12 because you gotta have you gotta have the hero one that's actually made out of metal and looks good but obviously that's dangerous so then you gotta have the rubber ones and the the foam ones and the wood ones and all this sort of shit like that you know, thinking about that, the, the worst movie that I feel like I've talked about, well, other than Man from Toronto, uh, was that Marcos Aurora Invincible movie that I really didn't like. That fucking thing looked cheap as hell. They 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 wouldn't have even been able to make one sword for what that movie was made for. So yeah, this is not cheap. This is this is a perfectly well-budgeted movie for the type of movie that it is it's the kind of budget that i am gonna wager liam it's probably more money than you ever had on one of your movies maybe oh without a doubt without a doubt yeah
2: i mean it it uh yeah it's it definitely that that's why i'm so curious i mean i know that um it's so they went into production october 2020 and so there is i could see some level of like um people seeing like, okay, this is kind of contained for pandemic shooting, you know, yeah, it's like,
0: has the COVID vibe. Sure.
2: Yeah. Cause you're in this one castle, but you're able to, you know, constantly reinvent and reuse sets. And, and so, yeah, but I, it, anyway, I'm, 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 i just like, you know, just zeroing in on the one part of, of like, way, hey, we're action for everyone you know, what is wrong with the action movie? I don't know. I feel like the action's pretty unimpeachable. I think you can be you can have criticisms of the of the script or uh, of the, the message. I mean, there's definitely some frustration, I think, in that first half because she has so little dialogue. And so you don't really get to know her that well until about 45 minutes into the movie. I could see all of those type of things, but to just kind of say that these are clangy, hectic and slow and repetitive is, is absolutely missing the point. And, um, I don't know, feels, feels like it, uh, eh, I think I've said enough.
1: Uh, brief tangent. Um, uh, there's always this ongoing discourse, especially on Twitter, like, um, between like the, the film bros, uh, who like these you know artsy movies and people who want to see more movies. And, uh, and I talked about how that's, you know, that there's truth to some of that, but also like, um, a lot of stuff that we've been watching doesn't really get considered international art or foreign cinema. And it is specifically Golden Harvest, Shaw Brothers, all this old school Kung Fu stuff, all the martial arts movies from around the world. But, you know, and the point I made was that that's just as much an important type of cultural curation as, you know, Fellini or, or, or any kind of all of the traditional classic, quote unquote, uh, art film or foreign film. And so, I that I that then came to mind with this movie because like here you have this is just a perfect what a perfect I don't know I don't want to say like gateway well maybe yeah it's a gateway kind of movie is that here you have this like great young adult star who does like you know the, the kissing movies doing hardcore action so some you know some little kid or is gonna watch this oh hey I know her from the, the kiss movie she I, lo- I love her and they see her put a knife through a, a goon's throat or set a dude on fire like that's that's gonna blow their mind like to see like the the cute little girl from the from you know (laughs) doing this like hardcore ramble action shit this is like this is like the beauty of cinema you know like open people's minds to do shit like this is like a perfect movie for that and to just denigrate it like that it's just that is anti-art really and like you know against everything some of these people proclaim they champion about film like this is like you you know if nothing else you gotta meet people where they are you know yeah the theaters are dying and whatever bullshit bullshit whatever like yeah but like like we said we're here now 2022 streaming this thing is not going away this is how you do it this is how you open people's minds to new shit like doing everything this movie is doing right this is how it's done so yeah but some of these guys can just fuck up like as you said.
0: And it's also a wildly international film. You've got a Vietnamese director, a Vietnamese fight coordinator, a Vietnamese uh, co-star, an American girl starring, uh, an American stunt coordinator, and uh, and uh,
2: Olga Kurlenko.
0: <laughs> a kick-ass Russian, and a Bulgarian, uh, you know, action team and and stuff. I mean, this is this is really. This is the kind of shit we used to get all the time in the 90s, you know, when Choi Hawk and John Woo and and Ringo Lamb were coming over here and they were bringing their teams and we were getting these really, truly, truly internationally cooperative and internationally sort of diverse films. Um, And this is this is one of that. This is again, this this movie made me feel like it was 1998 again. And that is something that is a feeling that I have sorely missed a lot in watching a lot of modern action movies. And um, so, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you guys. I think this is just kind of missing the point. I, I, I don't, I don't know that we need to beat the dead horse anymore. Liam, any last thoughts that you want to say on it? I would just, it was just interesting
2: when you, you talked about the way that the film, you know, really hooked up Veronica and it just made me think about like, uh snake eyes and be like man it would have been great if if they'd hooked up eco that way you know in the yeah. back half of that film you know and just made me made think about you know a lot of the uh the some of the male uh martial arts action stars that have been in hollywood films and that have not given them um the space and that, that kind of uh you know that 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 kind of exposure that they deserved um and and so yeah again i'd like to say that this is uh it's a film that's that's doing a lot more things right than wrong, and uh, it, it's definitely a, a fun watch. And uh, you should check it out.
1: Um, hey, last thing I'll say is, um, as part as part of the you know, since it's like kind of based on or using the stories, story, uh, uh, story t- fairy tale vibe, um, there is like a with today's current environment, you know, there's a lot of stuff away. The action is a hard R. But also some of the themes as well, like, you know, the whole, like, it is like she's refusing to get married to this, like, this tyrant or whatever. She's just, just a young girl. So, like, there's these things about, you know, in, like, in medieval stories, you have, like, the, the fanciful story. But then, you know, the reality, you know, women were getting raped and treated as cattle and property, you know, like like they were nothing. They didn't have any rights. So that, does, that actually does come to bear in this film, even though it's a fun romp. There's still, like, some pretty heavy, like, you know, Female agency shit going on, and uh, you know, it, and e- if you were being cynical, you could say, "Oh, it's just, it's the uh girl power stuff." But no, I think it's it's taking it seriously. Is that these are this woman is fighting for her agency, um, and even though this is a more you know um, fantastical tale setting, it's still very real. There's still you know the threat, it, at the very least, the, the threat of sexual assault and rape and all that stuff. It's it's still really part of the you know like the child marriage. It's, it's, just, it's, it's all in the movie. But they don't need to, like, get graphic about it. It's, it's just to let you know shit is, get, shit is real. And so she, that's what she's fighting for. So, yeah, like, uh, on that note, I would say as far as, like, you know, the message or moral or whatever you want to call it in the movie, that's also just as important, you know, like, um, if nothing else to, again, updating updating these classical themes for a new era that, you know, I think this would be a great thing for a young kid to see, you know. Yeah, you're getting dudes slaughtered and, and cut up like, like, like hogs in a slaughter, but uh, also, like, she's fighting for a reason you see it's a great reason so yeah it's just it's a really really po- positive thing I, I think you know and if you, you see do you get do you get chopped up while you're doing it it's all, all the better i think <laughs> yeah, there's <laughs> one
2: one great line where she says i just you know this is all my fault and uh veronica's character was like no he would have been a monster either way and i was like yeah. oh that's really cool
0: yeah, no, this is going to turn some young kids it, 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 assuming they have parents who were like mine who, you know, had some some quite arguably questionable uh, willingness to let me watch things. I probably this is going to turn some young kids into some serious martial arts fans. I think um, the one last thing I will say is also um not to beat the the early course, but uh also, yeah, Joey King's doing all this action while faking a British accent because she's American as fuck. So like, <laughs> fuck off if you know, like she's got to do an accent on top of all this action. Yeah, no, like she she's not. She's up. Enough. She's doing an amazing thing.
2: Also, like the John Wick fights are s- deliberately slow. It's like part of the John Wick
0: universe.
1: Liam got so mad he got cut off there.
0: <laughs> yeah, Liam, Liam got so mad we lost him. Um, <laughs> I, <coughs> I don't know if I'll edit this out or not, but I'm I, I'm absolutely going to take a screenshot of this this image of Liam. <laughs> you got so hey. angry you broke your
2: internet. I know it it, it kicked me off my. Uh, I'm on my uh, iPhone right now. <laughs> oh wow! My whole laptop wouldn't uh, just just completely. Anyway, sorry, sorry for breaking the the podcast, guys. I, I was, <laughs> I think my only point I was making was that the the John Wick fights with Kano are very deliberately slow and clumsy. He's like a big hockey player. That's part of the appeal, is that it's all kind of shot in wides and you see everything that's happening. They're not fast. So again, I just complete misunderstanding of action from that. Right? Plus, he's
1: old. His knees hurt. Did you see even when he walks, his knees hurt? You yeah. have a, you know Joey King, young, twenty-one, whatever she is, doing it. That's it. That's that's dope, man. Spry, she's spry.
2: Spry, spry. I do think I do think they had a great stunt double, and that her hair, the way that it was, uh, kind of that it it lend itself to having a, a good wig that would cover the stunt double. <laughs>
0: so I actually, I actually really. Like focused on the doubling i because I was really curious on that, and there definitely is a lot of double work, but there is also a shit ton of stuff where it's her uh, i
2: I agree i was I was doing the same thing yeah
0: and uh, and I will say it's a very brief oneer, but it made me hate the oneer for man, man of Toronto even more <laughs> because you know you mentioned uh immersion liam, and i I thought you know, as she's fighting around this table uh and fighting these guys you know kind of going from corner to corner on the table and, and it's an unbroken shot and it only lasts about 90 seconds but i was like yeah fuck fuck man from toronto even harder fuck that stupid.
2: <laughs> shockingly i've not checked that one out
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right so uh next movie uh is a uh, sniper the White Raven, the Ukrainian sniper film, uh, released this week by Welgo. Welgo, give us money. Uh, thank you for the screener, Welgo. Unfortunately, I didn't watch it in time, so I still rented it and gave you money anyway. Um, but, uh, uh, Vice, I know you were real excited to watch this one, so I'll let you take the lead on this one.
1: Yeah, so, uh, Sniper with Raven. So, this is a war film, war film from the Ukraine. Um, it's... The setting is based on the uh, 2014 uh, as well, as some call it the annexation of Crimea. Um, So based on a real event, and in the same vein, this is based on a real person. Um, In in the story, he's a school teacher, a professor in college who, um, in Ukraine, who uh, because of the attack by the Russians, he decided to take up arms and defend the homeland. And so, yeah, but this is in fact a, a real person um, God, but M- Mykola Voronin is his name. So the movie is a kind of a dramatization of his life. So when I earlier in Twitter, when I made a joke about you know this is a Ukrainian sniper as as an American sniper, I wasn't too far off in that assessment. Um, and so, uh, so the actor playing him, uh, Andriy Pavlov is his name, another uh, Ukrainian actor. He's actually a musician as well. Um, it's just a really, really effective. And so what, what we have here is, I mean, the this, this story itself is a pretty um, basic template insofar as they kind of worked his life into a kind of, um, uh, uh, you know, murdered wife revenge tale. Uh, I mean, I can only assume that his family was, in fact, killed. You know, it says, you know, the war, the Ukrainian conflicts are real. So I can only assume that much that part is true um, and other facts backing up otherwise. Um, but yeah, so he goes from this kind of a pacifist uh, professor to like a hardcore killing machine, is the way to say it. Um, and but in that that in that regard it's a really uh intense film. Um and part of what makes it intense is that they they the movie takes its time to set up this um the environment and uh the gravity of the Ukraine Russian conflict. Um it, so over but then with that though, there's these kind of you know, really solid um solid uh sniping scenes, these combat scenes, um that, that that aren't too showy. They aren't too uh they aren't too big in scale or scope. Um but, but well partly because with in this sniper film it's more um how do I say this? There's a more contained focus, which is quite literal and figurative. You know, so snipers, lens and uh, uh the engagement state taken. You know, it's not it's not a whole tank battalion fighting. It's one or two guys versus a small group of uh, enemies. So they have the action itself is more contained than a larger scale world film. But that also, that, that, that same that element writes to the tension and the drama as well. So it's, a, uh, this is made in part with cooperation by the Ukrainian government, uh, Ukrainian uh, you know, Ministry of, of Arts, whatever. So, which is to say, you know, I, I would classify this as military propaganda. This is something, you know, of course we, we I, Investigate this a lot. You know, this is a very um, s- serious matter to me. Um, as far as I, as far as a film critic or a film writer, um, I, I feel like um, we 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 talk about propaganda a lot on, on online and in discourse, but nobody really tries to interrogate that. Or if they do, there's like some kind of ulterior motive to it. But I'm pushing it as in a in a, in a more um, well, I don't want to say level headed. Just kind of myself up, but, uh, To see the purposes. and you know, let's be clear. Right now russia is invading ukraine this is a real war happening real people are dying so i don't begrudge or i don't think it's beneath the country to make this kind of film uh we spoke about this a few months ago you know back when the when the russian invasion first happened you know there was part of part of the part of the conflict part of the war is media that's just uh it always has been but even more so now in, in the digital, digital age, uh, age, communication. You even see the, Russian, the Ukrainian president having have a very him, strangely enough, being an actor in, in his previous career, having that uh, acumen for media to have these really uh, effective media campaigns. He had like one, I remember a video where he uh, was talking on his, his iPhone video selfie, and then he as he, he walks into the the war room, the real you know Ukrainian war room. And it, and it becomes, it transfers to the uh, actual full government uh, broadcast, you know, just really effective, like, so media, like, messaging is part of this war effort. And I think it's, we have to recognize that when watching this film. So, and I, what I don't want to do is brush it off as empty propaganda. Um, but at the same time, it's still just judging it on the movie itself. It does, you know, it, it's, this. Parts of it that uh, do kind of get profound, but it's still it's still kind of a you know more of a rah rah kind of action film. So this was weird balance that it doesn't always maintain. What's interesting to see it happen. Uh, one of the things that's, that that really struck me about this film was that it, it looks incredible cinematography, the, the the actual certain shots. This looks like a high end kind of a, a, a quote unquote foreign art film. You know, it's a definitely foreign film, of course. Um, and so I, I mentioned before in my, in my Twitter and stuff, in my letterbox, that um, it's in this strange space of being like a made-for-DTV action movie, like, like the sniper sequels that we've seen, you know strong Tom Berenger and so forth, but also like a very serious, like, uh, art house drama about modern conflict. Um, I, I'm thinking specifically of, there was a movie I seen a few years ago uh, called The Load, um, uh, it was, and it was about the uh, Yugoslavian uh, NATO bombing campaign during the 90s. And it involved a, this this uh, simple truck driver, who kind of unknowingly was transporting bodies uh, for 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 the uh, uh, the insurgent or for the um, militants there. You know, it, it, but he wasn't really sure. But you know that that was that was his way; he had to survive somehow. And that movie itself wasn't turned based on a real documentary about a, a truck that was found uh, with bodies in it. it. kind of so the the drop the fictional movie kind of uh, imagines or construct, deconstructs how that might've happened. Anyway, it's, it's a very like slow paced, low key, quiet drama that's dealing with a very serious topic. And so you have both those elements in this film, in Sniper of Raven, you have this kind of a uh, pretty uh, amped up, I actually say movie with this certain level of slow pace and, uh, and, and beautiful imagery. Um, and again, I think it, it kind of works in the theme of the film being about snipers, you know, like part of, oh, so uh, a few years back when I was in Fort Drum, uh, I had talked to a, a veteran. He had gotten out, um, but he was uh, doing filmmaking. He was uh, doing camera work and stuff, doing independent camera and films. He, he was a sniper. He was a, uh, he, he, he did that in, in his military time. And I asked him. Um, did did the skills that you had as a sniper transfer over to the filmmaking at all? And he said, absolutely. He said, it's looking through the lens of a camera was in his mind the same kind of mechanics as looking through the lens of a rifle. And it was a very profound kind of thing to realize, you know. Like a and um yeah. So and I and I kind of see that in this film where like uh you have these um as the as the uh, mechanics of how snipers work—the the stalking, the uh, long breath of time to observe the environment, take it all in, and set and stage everything for your actions—you kind of see that in both the filmmaking and in, in the, and playing out in the story. Um, well, as opposed to something like, well, for example, another famous uh, big-budget sniper film, *Enemy at the Gates*, uh, Jude Law, uh, Ed Harris—they—they—they they, they do. In that film, they are able to um, evoke that sense of patience and tension that sniping makes, but, you know, they, they kind of up the melodrama for, you know, for the sake of the story. Um, there is some of that here in Raven*, but um, there's definitely, again, that that kind of, that strange, uh, I don't know how to describe it, the European slow pacing to it, that's evolved a little more. So it makes this really unique uh, sensation. Now, I mentioned before, you know, based on the real person, so, and part of, when I say that the, uh, these two elements, the DTV part and the art house part don't quite mix. So Michael co Ronan, the sniper himself, the real one, he co-wrote the movie. He wrote much of this film himself. And so I, I think there is a bit of, a uh, aggrandization, self-aggrandization to this film. You know, there's, uh, again, it's hard to tell exactly which parts are true and which parts are just made up for a drama effect. Um, so there's definitely a lot of like, you know, like Rambo slash, uh, uh G.I. Jane, uh, kind of like you know boot camp stuff, and, and and you know he's he's actually a badass. Even though he th- you think he's a, d- a dweeb, no, he's a, he's a, he's awesome. So there's some of that going on, but um, they also don't kind of they don't really shy away from the the horror of it a little bit. And there's also and again there's, there's also it, it being from his first person view again literally and figuratively, you do get a real sense of tactical authenticity. Uh, and 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 not just tactical, but also just like a, uh, the gravity of, the gravity of what it's like to kill someone from that far away yet so close in your mind, in your in your mind's eye, in your literal eye. So yeah, there's that strange tension that happens with this uh, kind of this this ma- this uh, boosted up drama and the real shit going on. Because again, this is a real war; these real people dying, happening right now as. We, as as we fucking speak. Um, so I think in, in the end, for that, then that's probably like the the biggest uh the biggest problem with movies that um because at certain points in the in the beginning in the first half, you do see the tension of him being a pacifist and being a man of science and a man of about who cares about the environment and about people. You do see that sudden turn in his soul when he's st- when 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 he has st- taken from him, but also when he gets when he Takes his first life, and so you see the movie kind of creeping towards that internal struggle that that the point about how war destroys us inside and out. But again, since the guy wrote it, uh, he kind of they never interrogate that, and so he just kind of like becomes a badass. (laughs) How the kind of movie kind of goes off into the end. Um, and I will say, uh, well, and so I haven't been able to um properly analyze his um. I don't know how to say this. Uh, I'm talking like this until analyst now, because uh, this is part of what I used to do. I haven't been able to like properly analyze his profile yet, but I have seen his, his actual Facebook profile and stuff. And he does seem to be, I don't know how... Else, I'm trying to think of a word between intense and extreme, because I don't want to call him extremist. Uh, zealot, that's the word. He's a very much a zealot. And again, just understandable, because he's in a real war, fighting for his life, and fighting for his country against a Massive oppressive uh, re- uh, uh, regime and you know, war machine. But I do get the sense that, um, you know, like similar to stories, like, you know, Chris Kyle, the you know, famous American sniper, I do get a sense that he's, uh, if not inflating or just uh, there's very much a one side to this kind of thing. But again, I understand because to him, there is just one side, him and the guys who's, try- who's trying to kill him. So... And so I I think uh, if if it was possible to remove, uh, ironically, if it was possible to remove him from the film, they might have been able to make that jump into more profundity of how it the war affects not only the people getting murdered but them inside. But you know he he's not able to make that remove that detachment. So in the end, it's kind of just being a really still high level kind of action romp with some moments of drama profundity into it. Um so yeah, I, I do recommend this film. I absolutely do. like like one, just as a just as a solid action film. Again, the the actual combat scenes with sniping, um, really well made, really well staged. Um oh, and there's even uh, b- because like uh, the guy was like a uh, he was a, a physicist and engineer professor. He had two like multiple degrees the 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 science or the process of military sniping is very much about math and physics and stuff. So part of the uh, the second act, I guess you could say, of him like in cyber school, it's not just like you know, oh, I'm a badass, do pushups and and weightlifting. Though it is that too. It's him using his like his nerd math skills to figure out the uh, trajectories for bullets better than his teacher. <laughs> it's a really it's a really interesting uh, twist on like the, the the um the training montage or the or the military training uh, scenes we see in other movies like Full Metal Jacket or whatever. It's a very interesting thing, like to see that, and then you that makes you understand why, presumably in real life, why he was so adept at sniping because he had that knowledge, that skill set with him. So yeah, it's interesting it's, it's spin on on that on that element of, of a military of a war film. Um, so yeah, so yeah, I'll, I'll in the end, um, I do think people see this, uh, and I do think it's a really solid movie, but just the same, I think it's also important because of what it means outside of the film itself it is a piece of propaganda we do need to study that but we don't we shouldn't I think the fixation on Marvel films or American films one the other, by the DoD while well-founded is missing the point or lacking any efficacy of that analysis like what does it mean to be a DoD Marvel film like what does that mean like like people just say that just to, to consider Marvel but they don't really interrogate what a military propaganda film means in this current state, not just here in America, but around the world. And again, especially in an ongoing hot conflict right now that people are suffering through. So I think in that regard, in that context, this film is very important to, to people to check out and uh, kind of to parse what's going on. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Uh, as you said, you know, it's available now on staying date release. uh I know it's in theaters. I, I'm here in New York, so I only have there's only one theater showing it. But uh, no matter that, you, even if not, you can definitely uh, see it on VOD now. Uh, I saw it on Amazon Prime. Um, and like, like I said, you know, it's just a, along with the TV, like a solid action movie, it's just visually a st- striking film. So you're you, no matter what, you're going to get something out of this, even if you even if you maybe even hate it because it's propaganda. I think that itself is important to interrogate what, why why that why that means that way to you and why what's same to you. Uh, with, his, with, his, with his effort. um, so
0: yeah, that, that's that's <clears throat> Yeah, I, uh, it was funny when I was watching it this morning that I'm like you know, because I've waded into that as you and I have several times, Vice we've, you and I have had discussions about the whole propaganda thing, I've waded into it on Twitter, I had a whole long thread about why i'm arguing that that maverick actually isn't propaganda um it's a recruitment ad but that's not necessarily the same thing because the whole point of propaganda one of its major functions is to demonize the other uh and there is literally no other in maverick we never see the villains or anything like that this one is straight fucking propaganda i mean this is literally the definition of movie military propaganda um through and through. And, and you know, and again, I agree with you. That's fine. Like, like Ukraine's getting invaded. Make your propaganda movie. We made a shit ton of propaganda movies. Every country, especially when they're in the middle of an armed, you know, active conflict, they make propaganda movies. Propaganda is a it's a value neutral term uh, that right. we need to stop trying to assign a value to because we don't like the guys making the propaganda right That right. that's really what it boils down to um nazi propaganda was horrifying not because it was propaganda but because it was fucking nazis that's what made it horrifying um so here it's like i you know i don't want to get into the geopolitical Issues because I'm frankly not qualified to talk about them, but seems to me that it's pretty shitty that Ukraine's getting invaded. So I'm not gonna get real worked up that they're trying to do this myth making in this movie. Um, what I found kind of surprising was it's really fucking good. Like I did not expect this movie to be this good as a movie. Uh the director, marion Bouchon, like you said, Vice, it's a beautiful looking movie. Uh, There are so many varied environments in which the sniping scenes take place, uh, and and the way you know when I first started watching it, I thought, oh, this is just going to be a movie that's gray the whole way through. But it's not at all. There's there's these sniping scenes where they're in like these golden wheat fields, and it it absolutely almost looks like a, you know, like a Terrence Malick movie. Yeah, exactly. uh, Yeah. And then some motherfucker gets his head blown off, you know. And so (laughs) it's like, um, it's it's a really just in terms of just a solid dramatic action film, it doesn't do anything new. There's nothing new under the sun in this movie other than it's from a different culture. And it's always fascinating to watch that. Right. But yeah. certainly uh, Bouchon is breaking out all of the, the playbook. Like you said, Vice, we get the slow intro uh, that leads, you know, to the precipitating event that kicks everything off. And then we get the sort of the second act training montages And then we get the third act, you know, revenge, ultimate, you know, end, and and it even ends with a absolutely like Marvel ass heroic, like hero shot uh, uh, for, for our, our guy here. Um, I
1: I wanted to mention that, like his final words in the movies, uh, uh, may God get our hand. Like I mentioned the zealotry, like that's also, again, I haven't we've seen in some reports that part of the resistance in Ukraine is kind of based on right-wing militants. Now, again, that itself is not a, I'm not judging that. It's like, that's one of the realities of this war, of any war, is that that's part of it. And so like, when, we, when you watch these things, you have to understand what's, when we watch these messages or when, when, when we support Ukraine, quote unquote, from here in our comfortable houses in America, it's like uh, you gotta you gotta really understand what's the full scope of that war if you're gonna put your support or even your time or even your speech here. And so that that's why I'm here because I, I haven't yet fully dived into the analysis of it all, but just what I've seen so far, you know, like um this is very complicated stuff. It's not yes, it is a giant war machine enemy of course on other people's lands, but there's so much more to this and a human aspect that deserves and demands that that, that investigation too.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's the one thing I will say that I think sniper, uh, the white Raven is really effective at is you can just sit back and watch it as just a, a, terrifically kick-ass sniper movie you know it, it you can't i mean it is important to interrogate this stuff but on the flip side there's some there is value in just being able to say no it's just a good fucking movie and and that's yeah. kind of where i'm coming down on it is i just think it's a good fucking movie i i really do recommend it i think the sniping scenes are insanely tense you brought up i loved the sort of um more than a lot of sniper movies the sort of intellectual component of it the uh the 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 sort of Trying to figure out the science of how all this works and, and the real the real military authenticity, the way they they talk and they communicate with one another. It's a bunch of stuff, you know, and again, it's 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 a bunch of stuff that I I don't know how authentic it is because I've never been in the Ukrainian military, but it felt <laughs> It felt very authentic, the way they communicate, the terms they say, stuff like that. And it's different than what we see in American military movies. And so that's that's got value. Um, there's a lot to interrogate in it, but for people wondering, is it? are you just gonna enjoy yourself watching the movie? I, I mean, I think it's an unequivocal yes. I, I think yeah. it's absolutely just a, a really, really well done, terrific little sniper movie all the geopolitical stuff, you know, aside, it's a good time. It's a good film. Um, Yeah. And so that's, you know, it's it's a, it's a pretty strong wreck for me uh, to, on this one, um, given the caveats that we've already talked about.
1: I I mentioned before, you know, that the whole thing, that whole thing with the, our seemingly weird division between like high art and, you know, low art, like uh, this is a, this is a good example of a a effective thing. That's doing both of those. Like um, it's, it's, it's going for the, your attention to your juggler um but it's doing it at least visually in a really impressive like a really high-minded way that's uh, worth it um oh well and before well i just kind of tangently related this, I know this like, there's been a couple of um recent uh international war films that i i think have we're on this level or, or it's on that level um that are people should see and are really available uh i was reminded a lot of um the netflix film that came out i think it was a uh, 2020 mosul it features an all um, Arabic cast. It's, like, it's, it's, it's about to take place in the Iraq War, the current um, Iraq uh, invasion uh, against ISIS, and it features, you know, it's all in Arabic. And um, it, it, I, I got that sense that that sense of authenticity and, and, and intensity from that film. From here at Ravenville. so like that's another thing. Um, and you know, it's, well, it's it's American production, but it's again an all Arabic cast. And again, that's the thing we we should keep an eye out for. Is like um, these. Uh, International foreign fil- or foreign-based films that are doing they're p- being propulsive in their action like a typical American action movie, but they have a lot more to say just by virtue alone of them being somewhere else that like that we that we're not familiar with that alone informs a lot of things. So yeah, like this Sniper uh, Mosul, um, uh, uh yeah, things like that. Just definitely still keeping out for this stuff. It's really, really, really good. It's a really interesting time. For uh, uh, war films, I think. Agreed. Um, all right, Liam. I know you didn't see this one.
0: Is there anything you want to you want to add, or are we uh, we good to wrap it up?
2: Well, you guys were talking so much about propaganda. There was a viral tweet that was pretty funny with some really stupid responses about what the worst examples of propaganda was. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I saw. I just wanted to get advice to uh to 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 shoot some jokes off about it because actual people were saying. Fucking paw patrol
1: yeah, as the response. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So well, 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 yeah, I'll, I'll transition to this to this then before we go. Um boy. I don't know. I'm gonna i do a whole episode on this shit, man. Like again, like we said, like Mike just said, propaganda is a value term, but you know, it's like, yes, I do agree it's important to like to think about this, stuff and analyze it, but like if you call on Robocop propaganda, you just you just, you just have fucking you got brain cancer, like yeah, you have you have brain worms in your skull. No, no, no brain tissue like this because oh, somebody joked. I, I guess it was in, the, in that in that in that uh, Twitter thread. A pretty famous person replied um, that Mad Max three year old was propaganda. But I thought that shit was because like, well, well like, I think he was taking a piss, but which I think it, it, it's what he's known for. But okay. even if he, if he wasn't, but even if he wasn't, it's kind of technically true too. So, <laughs> but and, like that just makes the the term at least as they're using it much more obvious bullshit <laughs> you know like, like like what are you trying to say when you close to propaganda or propaganda like are you just are you if you want to say the objects or subjects of the films are bad disagreeable whatever okay but like what does that have to do with the quality the quality or, or even the messaging of the film like like like, you just you're just construing the two and In- and pop patrol not nah, does he all right now here we go pump Patrol. I'm gonna defend. I'm gonna write a fucking thesis on the fucking movie. Oh, uh, I haven't seen the show, but I seen the movie. That's yeah, a great fucking movie. Yeah, yeah. I've and seen like,
2: it, but the, I've seen it roughly fifteen times. Um,
1: <laughs> First it, of all, it's pretty good. It's 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 pretty funny for you know for kids' jokes, whatever. Yeah. There's a, there's a part where uh, the kids. Are, oh, oh, my favorite joke is that they part of people say propaganda is like a, it's promoting funding for the police. In the movie, they say they have a whole new fortress. For their vehicles that the dogs the dogs drive the dogs drive vehicles this is what Paw Patrol's about and they and they ask the the, the the one kid who's like seven years old and he's in charge of the saving the city again this cartoon they ask him how did you afford this freaking, this giant base fortress and they say it's because of merchandise <laughs> not because of government funds not because they're they're taking money from the schools people will buy the toys that of the people who saved them. <laughs> Like, like the, this property is very aware of, like, you know, I think uh, the issues, the real issues of, like, you know, military policing, police overbearance, brutality. I think it understands this quite clearly. And so it doesn't even, not that it doesn't bother with it, it instead goes for the real positive message. And in, in that, at least in the movie, I think the series, all the adults are idiots and need to be saved by these, like, intelligent, brave the kid, the puppies the kids the, the, the children and it's like um and, and the kids have their own issues kids like puppies have their own issues but like um they get through it with teamwork and cooperation and believing in each other and they and it gives well as i'm watching it i'm like this is this would, this kind of gives a kid a sense of agency like that they can change the world positively even though they can't maybe not have power in their own lives necessarily but like or even the world around them. If if things seem so crazy, you know. Like, and again, this is like, this speaks to real shit. You know, we're talking about the, the fucking school shootings and everything. Like, you know, I think a lot of kids, as as I'm seeing, this, you know, messages and, and then comments through Twitter and online. You know, like, a lot of kids kind of feel that way. They had just kind of like grew up with it. But so, this kind of message is important that you have an agency, or you can invoke a sense of agency within yourself in in the great chaos of the world that you live in. And that's part of the that's part of the what's made this 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 movie great or whatever like, like it's it's this is a good thing it's not like that's the opposite of propaganda it's like believing in the community and yourself you know and and, and then uh and and my favorite part is is spoiler for the movie It's fucking spoiler and published for the movie listen to me is that at the end the uh the non-science non-climate change believing mayor who's like a billionaire hint, wink wink and hint, hint gets arrested for uh with with, with, with
2: shitty with a shitty wig yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> he gets arrested he gets erected for like uh, the management and negligence. You know, like meanwhile, you know all these fuck leaders are still walking free. You know, like this <laughs> is like the total opposite of propaganda, if that even means anything. But like that's this is a that's a it's a good positive movie for the children, for you, for us, the grown people. It's like it's good. For, it's good for everybody. Plus the, the toys look fun. I guess I don't know. I don't. I don't have a kid. So I haven't bought a public Patrol toy, but. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm going to say that about show because people are gonna fucking wild and that shit, man. I, I thought the best
2: answer to that tweet is by uh, comedian writer uh, Rod. His name's Rodimus Prime. And he said uh, he first he said law and order. But then he said, I take it back. Demolition Man is the best <laughs> propaganda because it really is the nightmare version of defund the police. It's hilarious <laughs> satire. But it definitely works on the if the police get soft, criminals will run the world narrative. And I was like, that that's actually within the text. You're not like twisting things around and completely saying just because the cops are heroes that means it's cop again. But, but you know, what, actually, even is
1: even
2: that one? It, yeah, no, that, they're very aware in making jokes of it the whole yeah. time. But
1: well, I was just thinking like people say RoboCop is that because RoboCop they say it shows the same thing. But again. That's you you're not paying attention to the movie because in the text of the film, OCP is, in tr- is has orchestrated the crime wave. Is that just like the cops are going now? There's crime now. They made it happen for like a real estate scheme. So it's the same kind of method, like because in the, you know, yeah, in yeah, the, whatever, in right. the, the man he, orchestrate, he orchestrates the crime wave. Like, is this the same shit?
2: <laughs> true, true. But I do remember even as a kid being like, yeah, just let, just let Stallone take care of these criminals. <laughs> it's
1: like part of it. Oh man.
0: It's it's I mean, it's a fundamental lack of just movie literacy. I mean, it's all it is. You know, I, I've seen that argument about Cobra too. And it's like, everybody forgets that like the whole thing in Cobra is the villains in Cobra are this so ridiculously over the top serial killing cult thing that that warrants a cop like cobra to have to stop them like that's how movies work folks like that's yeah. if your hero is an anti-hero badass then your villain has to be even worse right to justify their existence and that's fine because we got a lot of crazy movements in this country but I still haven't seen a Night Stalker, New World Order cult show up yet? You know what I mean, like I mean, don't well, attempt twenty twenty
2: two,
0: Mike. Yeah. yeah, yeah, fair enough. And, and you know, and we can argue that there's an entire political party that's like that, nonetheless. Um, <laughs> pig, you fucking pig.
2: That's a, my uh, impression of the bad guy from Cobra. Uh,
0: but uh, but yeah, no, it's. Uh, whatever I, I, these terms. I was talking to to our friend of the show, former host, once and future guest, or former uh, guest, once and future guest, Matt Esri about this because he his answer was hard boiled which John was hard-boiled, which is yeah, also 100% fucking true. Uh, uh, yeah, you
1: mean like, like, like the literal best? That's the best, like, right?
0: <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, yeah. You know, the movie where, like, a cop actually kills another cop and the other cop smacks him in the face and says, get over it. We got a job to do. Um, you know, I mean, it's... Uh, but those terms, propaganda, copaganda, all of that shit, those terms get thrown about so just wildly by people... Who don't have any understanding of they they've they're meaningless as terms now and and you guys i say this on here on twitter all the time words have fucking meaning one of the things that i have found most dispiriting about social media over the last few years is we have just decided that words mean whatever the fuck we want them to mean and that's not how fucking words work right words have meaning words matter copaganda is a a it's a dumb bullshit made up term to begin with but it also within that has a specific meaning. And it does not just mean any fucking movie or TV show involving fucking cops. That's not how this works. Propaganda is not something that just says, Hey, we're cool. Right? Like the Navy is cool in top gun. That's not fucking propaganda. That's an advertisement. Those are different fucking things, right? Words matter. Um, that's my rant. I'm done. I don't want to, I don't want to keep rant. I Oh, good. I'm, yeah. No, All good. So everybody's gotten mad today and I haven't lost it yet. So now I got my, rant. <laughs> and I managed to do it without breaking the internet. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah, if we're wrapping it up the other,
2: uh, you know, it's 4th of July and um, I have a uh, family in town and, and, and my 10 year old uh, niece wanted to watch her favorite movie, which she got to watch in class. Uh, some brilliant teacher put on national treasure. So we watched that the other night on Disney+. Plus. It's definitely a great 4th of July movie. It's also great to go back to a time when conspiracy theories were just fun, you know, little <laughs> treasure things and not the, the basis for, you know, an entire uh, political death cult that is uh, swallowing half of the country. Um, and it, it's, it doesn't, it doesn't have obviously today's political mindset on kind of actually probing some of the, uh, the, you know, the founding fathers, uh, stances on, on, uh, various hot button issues, such as slavery, uh, kind (laughs) of just kind of glances over all that, but it does, it, I was actually like paying attention to some of the politics of it. And like, at the end, they do actually. You know, return these treasures to the various places uh, across the world, which uh, would something. Uh, I was actually glad that they had the presence of mind to to have some of that awareness back then. But um, yeah, Nick Cage, uh, just kind of kind of great to go back to see him in just full on magician illusionist entertaining mode. Like he walks into the to where the the Declaration of Independence is, and he just kind of glides across the room, like flashes the points at the camera and uh you know every single scene it's like someone saying something esoteric and then he's just kind of like no 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 it had to be this and that, and that it's a light bulb and you're like okay great it's just fantastic so um yeah that's my uh fourth of july wreck uh for for a classic
0: you gotta follow it up I, uh, with book of secrets because book of secrets has one of my absolute favorite cage scenes when they're uh, when they're on the stairs and he's got to create a distraction and he starts marching down the stairs going wrong about us, wrong about everything. <laughs> and the, the guy's like, uh, oh you have brought the bobbies down on us oh my god it's, it's 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 picnic cage like i think the first one is a much better movie than but i think book of secrets is a bit of a mess but that scene is like i watched that scene on youtube probably i'm not exaggerating probably weekly i love it so much so you got you gotta you gotta rewatch book of secrets too
2: yeah no i saw it at the time but i had, haven't re hadn't rewatched either of them so yeah they want to see the second one all the girls so we'll check it out
1: I think I'm gonna give uh, Independence Day cliche enough another try. I haven't seen it in years, so maybe I'll maybe I'll check out one hundred to get, get that one last one last taste of uh, what a good president feels like. <laughs> well a useful one. <laughs> I may have
0: seen that one a few times. Uh so you're yeah. in pretty good company with the uh with the two of us here on that one. I, <laughs> I may have I may have watched Independence Day
1: uh you know once or twice. <laughs> 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 but yeah, beyond that though, definitely, definitely time for some barbecue. I gotta get ready. I gotta get the get them ribs going. <laughs> yep, I got pork bellies.
2: I got ribs. Oh, yeah, I got. Uh, yeah, we're going. We're going all out over here. Chicken feet. We got chicken feet because we got a lot. A lot of. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, we're going crazy.
1: You, you, you gotta. You gotta the pictures of that. That's, that that sounds good. It's a hundred. We guys have
0: here, so I'm not leaving my house. I I barbecue and I ain't doing anything that involves me going out onto the surface of the goddamn sun.
2: Um, so I will,
0: uh, I will probably be in my house watching Captain America: The First Avenger, which is the-
1: <laughs> July go to. So
0: nice. All right, boys, love you. This was great. I hope you do have a good holiday, Vice. Where can people find you?
1: Oh, I'm on Instagram, being hot and putting pieces of my food. So just check me out there. Letterboxd and being smart I okay, your views, unlike you, Ehrlich. I'm just playing Ehrlich. Am I playing Ehrlich? You don't know, do you? You don't know a lot of things. Yeah, and I'm on Twitter talking shit like I'm doing now, like on this podcast, but more so advice Vice Fictus.
2: I'm Liam Oden on, on Twitter and Instagram, and uh, yeah, uh, representing meathead culture around Los Angeles
0: sleeveless in july baby sleeveless in july sleeveless Uh, season i am uh you can find me on twitter at hibachi justice you can follow the show at a4a podcast on twitter that's the letter a the number four the letter e podcast on twitter you're listening to us so you know you can find us anywhere podcasts are found boys let's do it again next week i don't know what we're is is thor out next week or is that another couple of weeks it's next week next week so i'm expecting we'll probably at least talk about thor so i don't know what But uh, I'll be seeing Thor for sure. So love you. Love you both. Let's do it again next week.
1: Cheers. Take care.